son, come on. What, what are you going to do? What, are you going to talk me to death? Huh? Sean, face facts. You can't wrestle anymore. You're done. It's over. Your career in this ring, Sean, it's finished. HBK is dead. And whether you like it or anybody else likes it, there's a new game in town. And Sean, this time, I won't stop. You go through with this, I won't stop. I'll finish the job, Sean. I will cripple your ass. Welcome to Last Match Standing, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. I'm Landon. And wherever you're listening to us at, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, that's one, and anything else that you're listening to us on. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're probably there. Unless you listen on YouTube, in which case we're not there yet. Maybe coming soon. We'll see what happens. Either way, thank you for doing that. Um, if you want to review us where you're at, that would be super, super appreciated. Thank you for that. Um, feel free to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at Last Match Cast. Um, if you want to email us, whether you want to tell us how awesome we are or how poorly we messed up <laughs> from an episode you saw, please do that. Or if you have a match suggestion, please do that. You can email us as well at Last Match Standing dot com uh, at gmail.com we actually love hearing how bad we mess up yeah please do that was yeah completely serious because we we want to know um because one that tells us that you're listening but more importantly we want to be right it's personal highlight of my day being told that i'm an idiot (laughs) (laughs) you can also find us on ranker where as we go along uh over the course of this podcast we will put our list together but you have the opportunity to put your list together on ranker so totally find that as well Um, We would love to see the feedback there. Guys, I could not be more excited about today's match. Thank you, everyone who voted on the Twitter poll. Oh, yes. For this absolute barnstormer of a match. I'm just going to say this right now. Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. I don't care what kind of person makes me look like. I know he was a piece of shit in the 90s. But this Shawn Michaels is the best Shawn Michaels. This is, I've cleaned my act up, and I'm going to have pretty much four to five star matches for the rest of my career. There is, you know, a a quote towards the very end of this match, um, right after Shawn wins, spoiler alert, by the way, um, where JR says, a young man that's Hall of Fame bound. And it struck me so much because he was a hall of famer before he returned in 2002. Mm -hmm. And then think of the classics he gave us after. Oh, my favorite Shawn Michaels matches happened after he came back. Right. When we never thought we were getting him back. So just to, to imagine that for a second, this is a guy who we had already come to terms with. This is going to be a hall of famer. And we were satisfied with his career. When he left in 1998. And he comes back and gives us his best work. A second Hall of Fame career. It is. Right? He, it he, really is. He could, be, he could be inducted twice. Once for before and once for after. Well, technically, he has been inducted Not twice. That's true. Very true. Um, SummerSlam 2002. Triple H versus Shawn Michaels in a non-sanctioned street fight. Or is it unsanctioned? I think the official term is just unsanctioned match. Yeah, I think they were verbally saying non-sanctioned, but in script they were they were using unsanctioned. In a street fight, um, this match goes 27 minutes and 50 seconds, which is beautiful. It's August 25th, 2002, from the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York. And this is a show, first of all, that from top to bottom is pretty damn good. It's, it's excellent. Yeah. Uh, so SummerSlam 2002 is widely regarded as one of the greatest uh, wrestling pay-per-views of all mm-hmm. time. And I'll I'll be right up there and say I'm one of the guys who's shouting it on the rooftops. It's <laughs> one of the best. 
and and it's a it's a match it's a card that starts with Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle. I mean, like as the opening match, insane. And this this Shawn Michaels Triple H match is for for me it's the pinnacle of this card. Not it, but it's it's arguable because some people believe that there are other matches that we potentially could get to um, that are even better than this one, and that speaks to the depth of this card for sure. So the card is insane, but if we talk about Triple H versus Shawn Michaels, even outside of the scope of SummerSlam 2002, it's one of the greatest rivalries and greatest stories ever told in pro wrestling because the story is so relatable. This story is about jealousy between best friends and what best friends go through uh, I mean, we, we all fight with our best friends. That's why they're our best friends, because you go through those extremely difficult times and you're able to to fight through and that at the end of the day, they're still your best friend and you'll call them that. And you see that with Triple H and Shawn Michaels throughout their career. Closer than a lot of brothers. I mean, you want to quote the promo, it, it sums it up. Um, this is a, a story, you know, last week we were able to to talk about Trish and Lita and how relatable that that rivalry was for such a long time, how you could relate to either one of those characters at any given point. And for Triple H and Shawn Michaels, I mean, it, it's it got all the build in the world to to give it legitimacy. And, and it the story wrote itself. I mean, it wrote itself, but they were doing things that took it even one step further and one step further. And, and that's what gets us to SummerSlam. And it's brilliant. I just love it so much. So... Interesting fact, as we get into the actual build-up to the match, uh, this match was actually booked as a one-off for Sean. Mm-hmm. Sean couldn't do a lot, or at least that's what we thought before uh, before we saw this. But, you know, where on the street was, you know, Sean's injured. His back is done. He's not a professional wrestler anymore. So uh, because of this, uh, there weren't really a lot of, of matches leading up to this match. And even though he technically returns on the June 3rd, 2002 edition of Monday Night Raw, uh, this match doesn't happen until, what was it? That's August 25th. That's how long he was around without taking a bump. Or, I mean, he may have taken a bump here and there, but he didn't have a match mm-hmm. for several months because no one, no one thought he could. So they really had to rely on his storytelling ability and his promo ability, which... Let me tell you, <laughs> Shawn Michaels is the guy you want to learn how to cut a promo from. Nothing lacking there, that's for sure. So Shawn is injured in a casket match against The Undertaker in 1998. It's a nasty, nasty back spot, and it leads to all sorts of issues uh, for for Shawn's back. In uh, Paul, what was what was Shawn's? Was that his last match? What was Shawn's last? Oh match? no, no, Shawn's last match was at WrestleMania 14 against Steve Austin. Oh, and it's a match that's very difficult to watch because, like, he takes an Irish whip and just crumbles and is visibly like in tears because he's in so much pain. He does the kip up spot in that match, and they zoom in on his face. His eyes are so bloodshot because he's just in agonizing pain, and I'm sitting there going like. Why are you making this man compete? Right. I mean, I know he needs to like pass the torch, but you're killing him right now. And so I think about the the back spot on the casket, and then I think about WrestleMania 14. Like you said, that's so so hard to watch, and you can see, you can sort of tell once you've watched enough professional wrestling when someone's selling, and when someone is genuinely in agony. Oh, he goes through the flare spot in that match, and he can't do it. He basically just does the front flip and hits the turnbuckle and then falls in the back of his head and the, crumbles. I'm pretty sure the second half of the WrestleMania 14 match, he's holding the ropes. He is. The entire match. He goes to kip up with like the rope and then he has to hold himself up with a rope. He can't even stand up. And so it's, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to watch. Uh, so at this point, Sean had every intention to never wrestle again. He leaves the company. He's gone. But story goes that, you know, when, whenever your your heart is into something like pro wrestling, it never truly leaves you. So he starts up a wrestling school in South Texas, right? And um, he actually, you know, he has a street fight or something, like because he just couldn't stay away. You know, you, <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, after a few years, you know, you're you're teaching these kids. You're not really taking bumps, but you're teaching them what to do. 
and then you feel like okay i could get in there and you know do a little something and so he has a little promotion that he runs and and he has a street fight in there and so he feels like okay maybe i can do this and whenever the decision was made and i don't know if maybe one of you can get into like how exactly the decision came about um but he asked triple h for a match because he wanted his son to see him wrestle and that's why we got this match which is so special um it un- unlike the whole goldberg thing uh, <laughs> but but really no this is uh this well, is actually special well sean didn't pick up his son over his shoulders with no shirt on after this one <laughs> <laughs> but think about okay so think about think about that though so sean is out for 4 years with a serious career ending seemingly back injury and he has so much trust in triple h that he goes to him and says, I think we can have a great match, and I want to do this for my son. How much trust you got to have in that guy? I mean, like they said, that's his best friend. And Triple H, like, does some very nasty things in this match. And there's a point where you said it for the WrestleMania match. Is he selling, or is he really hurt? There's at least five or six points in this match where I wanted to stop watching it because I was convinced that he was legitimately injured. And this is 2002. So it, it became is... one of these things where if Shawn Michaels was going to come back and he was going to do this and he was going to do it for his son, it had to be perfect. It had to be the perfect storm. It had to be the perfect story. It had to be the perfect situation. And it had to be the perfect guy to work with. And that's why I was Triple H. Absolutely. I mean, and, and this was the, the perfect storm. It was definitely something that you could argue was brewing from before he ever hurt his back. And and the fact that we get it in 2002 at the height of the ruthless aggression era um, on the same night as, as such greats as, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar versus The Rock and... Uh, Rob Van Dam in that amazing uh, hardcore title, intercontinental title match. Um, I mean, there was just so many great things going on at this time in pro wrestling, so it was a real treat to get Sean back here. But actually, Sean returns on June 3rd, 2002 uh, edition of Monday Night Raw as Kevin Nash's surprise announcement of the newest member of NWO. Do y'all remember... The wonderful NWO run on Monday Night Raw. Oh, I do. I was watching it. I had no idea who any of the people involved were. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite my favorite parts about this Triple H Shawn Michaels match is the build, but that is because I selectively forget the NWO part of it, mm-hmm. like that part before where yeah, I mean you know, Landon, you're going to get into it for a second. But I just pretend that doesn't happen. So, which well, is that's what the what, WWE for good they reason. They pretend it didn't <laughs> yeah. happen for they good reason. Completely ignore it. They'd yeah. have you believe that Sean's return was when Triple H called him out for a DX reunion. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, what actually happens though is mm-hmm. he comes back because he's the newest guy in NWO. And the next week, uh, Sean cuts a classic heel promo as only he can. Because, uh, you know. In this, the newer Shawn Michaels stuff, you see a lot of face Shawn Michaels. You see heel a little bit here and there, but it's all, it's majority, like 80, 85% face stuff. Go back, if you haven't seen it, and watch heel Shawn Michaels from earlier in his career. Because he can cut a heel promo. Mm -hmm. And so in this one, as an NWO member, uh, he says, uh, it's you. The fans that determine where we go as an organization. So it was really you fans that dumped me and ran to Stone Cold Steve Austin like a cheap nickel and dime prostitute runs to a millionaire. So that begs the question, why am I here? It's sure as hell not to wrestle. I've done that for you once before, and I'm sure as hell not going to make that mistake again. I forgot about this promo. Oh my gosh. That promo. Gold. Nonetheless, they decided to put this huge promotional machine behind Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
and Stone Cold had no problem stealing my spotlight. No. But I'm not here to place blame on Stone Cold Steve Austin. As Vince McMahon always says, it's you, the fans of this company, that determine where we go as an organization. So, it was really you fans that dumped me and ran to Stone Cold Steve Austin like a cheap nickel and dime prostitute runs to a millionaire. Whoa. Oh, man. So that begs the question, why am I here? In, exactly. I can assure you, I'm not here to wrestle. I did that for you once. Rest assured, I will never, ever make that mistake again. We gave it all for the fans. But wow, it it it's really really good stuff. And to and to hear that, to hear that as a fan who was waiting on Shawn Michaels to come back, who was hoping beyond hope that maybe one day we'll finally get Shawn Michaels back, and that's what you get. That's tough to hear. He called me a prostitute. How dare him? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he did a great job. And so he goes on to thank Kevin Nash for standing by his side. Then NWO comes out, and it's like the the rest of the members of NWO. So it's Kevin Nash. At this time, it's Kevin Nash, X-Pac, Big Show, and Booker T, which is an odd mix of people in the ring. It's all kind of coming back to me now, yes. Yeah. That is until uh, HBK kicks Booker T's heads off. Yeah. And uh, kicks him out of NWO, and yeah, then there's he, this whole NWO versus Booker T thing. He literally kicks him out of the group. He literally kicks him out of the group. Uh, so he says to Booker T, you tried to steal the spotlight from NWO, just like Steve Austin stole it from me, and just like The Rock tries to steal it from Hunter. Oh. Which is the first little seed we get planted for for this match. And I... I think that's so interesting because it's literally the second week he's back and it's two months before the match ever happens. But they're thinking about it. They know it's coming. Well, that same episode of Raw, like one of the bookends of that show was NWO is in the back, in the backstage area. Triple H walks up to him like, what are you doing back here, Hunter? Like Kevin Nash, like, oh man, what's going to happen? And they all did the two sweet handshake (laughs) together and that's how the show ended. Wow, yeah. It's like, whoo. Yeah. And so, and I love the little Easter eggs that NWO drops. Uh, like the little Easter eggs, like callbacks to WCW. I don't know if, if y'all would have noticed this because it's so tiny. So uh, there's a backstage segment when X-Pac calls Big Show G-Money. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you didn't watch WCW, you have no idea what the hell that means. But Big Show in WCW was the giant and so it's just these little things that they just kind of throw in there, kind of like DX style, just like these little one-liners. Um, so HBK plays out the NWA angle for a few weeks, uh, doing strictly promo work, great promo work. Um, but at King of the Ring in 2002, we have the interaction between uh, HBK and Triple H for the first time, and it's an intense stare down to start. And then they start hugging it out, and it's just like, oh, you know, what's up? Uh, so good to see you. And then on the July 1st episode of Raw, Shawn Michaels announces there's another member who's going to be joining NWO. And it's going to be none other than Triple H. And the fans go crazy. People are like, what? Triple H is a huge face right now. There's no way he's joining you. Um, the next week, HBK goes on to say that they haven't heard a reply from Triple H. Um, that offer you know, was a very generous uh, offer that was extended last week. So uh, he talks about the long history that they share, how they were family. But now, instead of standing with his brothers, Triple H is standing with all of the fans. So he gives Triple H an ultimatum. And he says, you're either with the NWO or you're against the NWO. 
So on the July, um, and, okay, well, and, and this is where it gets a little weird. So on the next, the next week of Raw is kind of like a black hole. <laughs> That's one way of describing it. <laughs> can, can you guys explain to me how we go from heel Shawn Michaels as an NWO member with a face Triple H to the script immediately flips, and it's as if none of it ever happened. Okay, so the following week on Raw, there is a 10-man tag match that it was unannounced. Uh, the show starts, oh, NWO versus WWE, and immediately Kevin Nash tears both of his quads. Oh. And the mat, they, go to, they cut to commercial. When they come back from commercial, the match just kind of ends. Next week, NWO, I've never heard of that. They don't exist anymore. They're just gone. They're just, they're just gone. Black they hole. just they gone. All right. Well, to be fair, go. Kevin Nash is hurt. X Pac had to go to rehab because uh, we we had had, and then the Big Show doesn't want to be a wrestler anymore, and so now you just have Shawn Michaels and Triple H are the only two guys from this entire angle that are left. Because at this point, Hulk Hogan's going to SmackDown. He's no longer Hollywood now. He's just Hulk Hogan again red and yellow and Scott Hall didn't want to do business because it drove him back to be an alcoholic. So like this entire angle that's been building since February is just gone, but it just, it, you're right. Black hole, it vanishes overnight. It's gone. They, they, they pretend it never happened because then like within two to three weeks after this happening, we get the DX revival <laughs> for five minutes. And if you watch the promo package for this match, they'd have you believe that's where this started. It didn't start back in June. It started literally a month before the show. Like, the month of June no longer exists. We immediately go into July. (laughs) So, it it, it is like they almost want you to forget about all the NWO stuff. But I implore you to not. (laughs) Because there were so many great little subtle setups that happened that they knew this was coming. This may not have been how originally it was intended to break out. uh, But... I think it was still, despite the confusion, an excellent, excellent build. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even, you know, I'm I'm real curious. It's going to be one of those what ifs. You know, what if that doesn't happen to Nash and all that stuff? How how do we get to this match? You know, how does that look? Is it going to be a heel Sean when he competes for the first time? Um, but instead, this is what we get. We get Triple H coming to Raw to reunite D-Generation X. Shawn Michaels comes out, and you've seen it, right? They they do the the, the the whole stick. You know, let's get ready to suck it. Triple H, pedigree, Shawn Michaels. The safest pedigree of all time, might I add. It's, yeah, it's it's very soft. But he immediately lets him go and just kind of just jumps two feet away from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so ironic when you think about the match we get. Right. Well, I think at that point they weren't sure what kind of bump Sean could take. And I think Triple H was very, very hesitant to land on Sean's back. Right. I think I think he was just like, if I land on his back, I'm going to hurt him. I'm 270 pounds. I will crush him. So that's why he jumped so far back, in my opinion. So so from there, we get a couple of pretty intense weeks between there and SummerSlam. And I mean, I mean really intense, right? So, so Shawn Michaels, you know, Triple H comes out and, and he's basically like, you know, Shawn Michaels was never my brother. He, Shawn Michaels, I use Shawn Michaels to get to the top just like Shawn used me to stay at the top. I love that. Right? Which oh, is yeah. That's like the line. best line. Beautiful line. And that sums up this rivalry so well. It's really good. But then Shawn Michaels gets his head thrown through a car window. So before we get there, mm-hmm. before we get there, um, uh, Triple H says, you know, so you you just couldn't give up the spotlight. Now I'm the showstopper. I'm the icon, and your career is over. And he goes on to sell how bad Sean's back is, Mm -hmm. which starts laying the groundwork already for the match that we get weeks from now. Mm -hmm. Because they don't drop the fact that Sean isn't wrestling because of his back, and that is a very important storytelling device. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so Triple H offers a counter-ultimatum here, which, which is interesting, that... Two weeks prior, Sean's offering the ultimatum as the heel. Right. And now Triple H is offering the ultimatum as the heel. Um, and so he has option one, listen to your pride and try 
to fight me. Or option two, put your pride aside and accept your role, accept your disabilities, and accept being my manager. Then we have a crew member pull Triple H aside. They like runs into the ring to tell him, and the like, what's going on here, folks? We don't understand what's happening. They just run to the back. They go to commercial. Commercial comes back. Sean is in the bloody mess. There's broken glass everywhere, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, what happened here?" And then Triple H and me like, Oops. "Somebody attacked my friend. Somebody attacked my brother, Sean. I'm gonna find out who did this to you." And he immediately turns face. Were you going to mention Eric Bischoff? No, go ahead. Okay. Eric Bischoff shows up at the scene. Triple H is distraught at what happened. And Eric has this smug grin on his face and says, Wow, I heard you weren't friends anymore, but man. (laughs) And do you remember how Triple H responds? Let's listen. And so because you're not listening to the sound clip, you think I did this? Fuck you. It's so jarring to hear something like that come out of his mouth because as the viewer, you're thinking, "Mm, I kind of thought he did do it, but maybe not. He sells it so well that he did not do this. I mean, Oscar of the year. (laughs) It's really good. Watching the build package, I was like, wait a minute, I thought he did do that. And I was like, a minute later, oh, that son of a bitch. And, and And I love that because it leads to... The only good interview via satellite that WWE has ever, ever done. <laughs> because you've got Triple H in the ring and you've got Shawn Michaels from the wheelchair, right? And he, or he's sitting in that chair and, he, and he's in the production. And, and one, you know, of it, one of his eyes is just like red. Oh, yeah. He looks like, like hot blood shit. vessels in the eye. He's got like this really nasty cut above his, above his, on his forehead, underneath the eye. It's, oh, it's great makeup work. Oh my god! It's like <laughs> for a split second, I'm like, wait, did somebody just jump him in the parking lot and they wrote it into the story? Because that it looks like that's what he looked like after he got beaten up in Syracuse in '95. That's what I thought of immediately. And this segment builds on itself, and Triple H is like, Sean, I'm going to find out who did this to you. You know, they're going to pay that sort of thing. And then Sean sort of like sort of inches along, you know, like, hey, you know, actually, it's super convenient. You know, they they had some video footage. In the back, right then. When they show us the video footage, though, you can see Sean, but you can't see his assailant. It's very, very pixelated. And that's where the segment kind of ends. But it's the next week Mm -hmm. where we see the undoctored footage where you see Triple H clear as day. And that's when I went personally going... That no good son of a bitch. I believed him. Right. Nick Patrick has nothing to do with this match. What are you talking about? <laughs> the the second they they clear up the pixels, right for for the video footage, you see, you see Triple H's face, and then Sean, it was you, Hunter. And you know, Hunter, you're damn right it was. Yeah, you're goddamn right it was me. If go back and watch this spot because the change in Triple H's demeanor at this moment is absolutely beautiful and it cements his role as cerebral assassin. For me, this is the birth of the Triple H that I know and love, the best heel in the business. I agree. It's not long after this that we get evolution. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, Sean says, that's okay. The doctors say I'll be healed by, say, SummerSlam, right? And that's when... The match is, is set, but the match will never happen. That match will never happen. And then Triple H, but it, but it will happen, Eric, when he's talking to, to Bischoff in the back about it. And so we get this non-sanctioned street fight at SummerSlam 2002. I, I just love the, I'll see you at SummerSlam. You can't wrestle anymore. <sighs> What's so interesting is at this point in his career no one was really expecting him to do much in there they said okay well he's gonna throw a couple punches and he's gonna do a super kick and that's gonna be the match this is his first match back in how long 1609 days how can you expect somebody to go out there after not being in a ring for four and a half years and put on 
the type of match we get at SummerSlam 2002. 27 minutes worth. Like, full-blown main event. Looked like he didn't skip a beat. So I think this makes this the longest match so far that we've reviewed. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, and it's going to take a while for us to get one that's that's longer than that, probably. Um, but that, that sort of paints the picture for you guys, right? So SummerSlam 2002, Long Island, New York. We've got JR and King on commentary with who else but Earl Hebner as the referee for this match. Um, Thank God we have Earl Hebner for this match. Who basically plays Triple H's arch nemesis oh, for like a decade. I love it. Like, I love right? it. It's the best. I think Earl might be one of my favorite parts of this match. That's so good. He does such a good job. That man never gets any respect for how much he can sell like that a match is that the, what's what you're watching mm-hmm. is not scripted. This is real. And Earl makes me feel that every time I watch this. Absolutely. As they go into the promo, JR says, This is about pride and passion. This is about evilness and ego. And it's and from the jump they sell and they talk about how Triple H doesn't have a heart how he has no oh, soul, no. what's he doing, and how Shawn Michaels is on the comeback ride of of the century, right? Um, but they have to make their entrances, and I love their entrances so much because the the story is told completely in the, in the five minutes of entrances. Oh, it absolutely oh. is. And the story is even told through their attire. Shawn Michaels... Shawn Michaels is wearing a Philippians 415 shirt. And if you don't know, Philippians 415 is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's who Shawn Michaels was. Over those four years, he found God. He was this country boy. And guess what? He was the country boy for four years. Well, guess what Shawn Michaels wears out to the ring? He wears his cowboy boots. Jeans and boots. Jeans jeans. and boots the whole match. And it's just part of that storytelling Mm. as a constant reminder that Sean hasn't done this in four and a half years. This is not. This is not Shawn Michaels the wrestler. This is this not match. the sexy boy. This is not the heartbreak kid. You know that that you once knew. This is someone brand new, and this is someone that's changed completely. And him wearing that shirt out to the ring, it just it's one of the lasting images that I that I take from this match. Um, during during his entrance, when he's got all the confetti in the world that's ever been invented. Oh yeah, right. It's insane. <laughs> um, there are two things that stand out to me. Was the, it confetti or was it? I thought it was sparkle, like like sparkle Randy Orton pyro. He got both. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah yeah. He, he got had, the confetti he had going like up. Confetti cannons that shot up as the sparks went off. Gotcha. And then in the I ring, figured that would catch yeah. the confetti on fire, but okay. I think it was all plastic well, confetti. <laughs> That's it, was like, it was like shiny plastic. That's fair. Okay, we're, we're spending three minutes <laughs> on confetti. It's sorry. Um, there are two things that stick out to me during his entrance. One of them, uh, besides the shirt, one of them is that they mentioned that he is the first Grand Slam champion in WWE history. The reason that's important is because during Triple H's entrance, they say Triple H is the second Grand, Cham- Grand Slam champion in WWE history. Wow. Yeah. And all, like I'm getting chills thinking about it. The, awesome. His, Spencer, his, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Awesome, right? So... I'm going to give you a quote from JR for Sean's entrance and then one from King for Triple H's entrance, right? Because both of them in this match are prime JR and King. And I don't know if I have a match that I prefer them in. Like, this might be my favorite match between the two of them for JR and King. But JR says during Sean's entrance, he says, I always hoped that Sean Michaels would get back in the ring one more time. And that's what we're seeing here. So my personal dream has come true. But I pray this is not a mistake that Michaels will regret that his family will regret for the rest of his natural life. So good. On the flip side. So good. On the flip side, during Triple H's entrance, King says, there are two things you don't like about Triple H. That's his face. Because only a two-faced individual would be able to stand and put his arm around Shawn Michaels, tell the world that he's Shawn Michaels' best friend, and then take Shawn Michaels' head and run it right through a car window. And so... What I love about that is that it's telling the story with the King flavor. And actually, you know you know who that reminds me of? That sounds like a Bobby Heenan line. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. That's what I was thinking when I first heard it. Like somebody, somebody gave this man some notes. <laughs> and, and we'll see JR's, uh, JR's quote about uh, the family may live to regret. Uh, that, that's, 
that stays in the back of his mind throughout this whole match. It's a and, very chilling and, line. And he continues to talk about Sean's family and their reaction. And, and it's it it JR's commentary and Kings too make elevate this match to a level beyond what it already was at. Agreed. Completely agreed. They just I mean, it's iconic stuff. It just is. What I love most about Triple H's entrance is this is the beginning of Gaston era Triple H. Because if you watch the entire build, this is like old with the beard with the with the beard and just like the black leather. This is when he comes out, clean shaven, feathered hair. And he would look like this for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Clean shaven, feathered hair, and then cuts promos, sunglasses in a suit. I know people hate that version of Triple H. But I love that version of Triple H because he's one of the best films we've had in a long time. Fight me. So you know what else I love? And this n- not necessarily has to do with the match itself, but I love the set for SummerSlam uh, 2002. I do so too. It's so good. I miss whenever we would have a different set for every yeah. pay-per-view. That was just, I'm, I'm sure it broke the bank, but <laughs> right. I really, I really appreciated it. But it made him feel more important. Yeah. Right. And that's a part. I mean, that's a part of it. You know, like you take that away, and now they all sort of blend together. They it, all look like they felt, SmackDown. Every single pay per view felt like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like think about the backlash. Little like crab arms. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah, like the that, coolest thing. That was my to, like, favorite set. As they a had kid. to navigate the crab arms to get to the like. It, it was just cool. Yeah. You know, we don't get that anymore. Nope. Okay, that's my. I get one every episode. That's my one complaint about current day product. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so let's get to the match itself. So something that I love is that immediately you get personality. Oh yeah, you get Shawn Michaels laying on the top rope while Triple H gets into the ring, acting like this is not a big deal at all. When everyone is holding their breath with what's about to happen, and then the second Triple H gets in the ring, Shawn walks up to him. You think there's going to be a big intense stare down? Nope. But Shawn throws the shirt with the scripture on it in Hunter's face. I mean, come on. The, the symbolism, I just, you could go on for days about that moment right there. And how about the foreshadowing about, okay, okay, well, I, I say foreshadowing. It might not be heavy, heavy foreshadowing, but I, I think it's pretty cool that um, several, it'll be several years later but he comes down from the Raptors at WrestleMania. Was it 25 or 26 against 25. the Undertaker? 25, yeah. And so it's it's clear that this is a part of Shawn Michaels that we'll see. And, you know, he wears the cross all the time. He's, you know, it's it's kind of a, a part. It's on his T-shirts. It's in a lot of his tight designs. Yep. For the, for the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, we have him tag-teaming with God himself at oh. one point. I mean, it's Did, a big deal. He just told God to get jiggy career. with it? Oh, my God. <laughs> we will definitely be talking about that match at some point. That sounds like a... <laughs> oh, no. Um, so this match from the start is intense. And at the very beginning, you see that Shawn Michaels is in shape. Oh, yeah. I would say one of my favorite things about this match is that they kind of play to the audience's perception of what Shawn can do. Because I have this kind of match split into four sections. Most of the first, I call it the first act, it's a brawl. They're fighting. So the first, like, five, ten minutes of his match is just Sean basically out-punching Triple H. That is a great way to say that. I'm so glad you set it up that way because I, you're absolutely right. To be fair, it took me two three watches to kind of see this. But the first time I watched it, I remember this being a fight. I remember it being, like, a knockdown, drag-out brawl. Like, I rewatched it, and I'm like... They're playing to audience perception here because this, the word in the street is that Sean couldn't go anymore. Exactly. So they punch each other for 10 minutes before they start wrestling. And it starts off so safe. Like oh, yeah. you see it and you kind of think, okay, we are getting the, the punch, 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 kick, 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 Sean Michaels. And you're fine with that. Right. Because yeah. you get you're Shawn Michaels with, back. Yeah. In the we'll ring. take whatever and we then can get. Triple H does a vicious backbreaker out of nowhere. Just boom. And Sean crumples to the ground like he just had a stroke. He's twitching. Earl is in Sean's face like, oh, my God, are you okay? JR and King are like, oh, my God, he may have rebroken Sean's injured back. And uh, so it's the it's the backbreakers 
and the Irish whips to the corner mm-hmm. where Sean flies like almost halfway across the ring after hitting the corner. You can hear a, a pin drop almost when this is happening in the arena, right? Because there people is, are holding their breath watching Sean. There take is this an beating. audible. <gasps> right. Every time he does it, he does it three separate occasions. And the whole time, JR is selling the hell oh, out he of is. it. I, I like to think that JR is actually crying. Well, he, he says, I don't think Shawn Michaels even knows how much pain his back can take. Uh, it never fully heals. From what I hear, it never fully heals. And you damn sure don't get in the ring with an athlete like Triple H. Yeah. No. But one of my favorite moments is actually backing up a little bit. You're right. They play it safe until Sean does a suicide dive within oh my God, 60 yes. seconds. Right. But then they go back to playing it safe. It's forearm shots, knees to the stomach, throw Triple H into the barricade. They keep it very safe. But the second... Triple H gets that backbreaker, and he takes over, and it is hard to watch. And and it's not too long into the match until there's a chair involved. Mm-hmm. And Sean takes a chair shot to the back. To the lower back. And at one point, there's a pinfall, right? And, and Sean kicks out. And I think it's Lawler's that says... I'm wondering if Sean is doing the right thing by kicking out here. Right. And oh, so they get yeah. to this point where the, the announcer's like rooting like against Sean to try. It's, it's something that you I'll never see, right? They're like basically telling Sean to give up. They, they don't want to see him get hurt. So this is the part where the audience is just totally hushed. And JR says, they know, talking about the audience, they know the danger that Sean Michaels is in, but Sean Michaels' heart maybe doesn't know it because it's still beating. I got goosebumps right there. Oh, and then there's this great moment where we get oh, just Triple H. He does two hard Irish with a turnbuckle, and then he does the DX crotch chop. Oh, followed by an elbow drop to the lower back, and then we start getting asshole chants. And this is when you start to exactly you start to hate Triple H. The the like the the back damage was enough, but the the. DX chop. He does the cross chop. That son of a bitch. I guarantee you no one in that arena or no one watching at home hated Triple H more than Earl Hebner. (laughs) I thought you were about to say than you, and I was like, I'll fight you on that. But you're absolutely right. Earl Hebner. Oh, man. Earl Hebner takes no shit in this match. (laughs) No, he does not. (laughs) I'm so glad you brought this up. So, okay, so I want to get there, but a couple of things happen before Earl Hebner hits peak Earl Hebner, right? (laughs) Peak Earl comes in this match. But um, (laughs) Sean gets DDT'd onto a chair, and it gets busted open, and we're still pretty early on in the match, right? Oh, yeah, it's like five minutes. And then this is when Earl starts to really pick it up. Triple H does an abdominal stretch to Sean. But then he holds onto the rope while he does it to really, to really, um, to really stretch that back. Of and Shawn it's no disqualifications. There's, right. nothing, there's nothing Earl can do. Earl is but just there. But he is to yelling call. at him. He is yelling at Triple H. He is just, oh, he's just so pissed off about oh, it. I've got Earl it. is every wrestling fan who wishes they could have been in there yelling at Triple H, and he oh, gives us that. I've got some Earl quotes here. He says, "You're gonna break his goddamn back." That's what he yells at Triple H oh, in that yeah. moment. And then Triple H responds by taking off Sean's belt and whipping him with it. Then he grabs the belt buckle, that giant Texas belt buckle, and punches Sean, who just got his face busted open. Then he punches him in the forehead with it. And Earl is just bright red veins popping out. Like, knock it off, damn it. I'm sick of this. You in this match right now. God damn it. And you can just hear the passion in his voice. And then you hear the passion in JR's voice. And then you hear the passion in... King's voice, who shuts the fuck up and calls this match. This is the, this is this is the era where Jerry Lawler was there to tell jokes and make fun of people. He calms down and he calls this match, and I love him for it. I I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more. Uh, but you're right. It's in this moment where Triple H goes and gets the sledgehammer, and that's when Earl's. I'm sick of everything. I'm sick of the hammer. I'm oh sick yeah. Of, you he, know, he stops him from using the. He hammer. stops him from using the hammer. Triple H shoves Earl on the ropes. Earl bounces up and shoves Triple H back. And the crowd goes wild. And they do not calm down after that happens. No, they are they are on a 10 the rest of the way. Oh. But then you get the backbreaker onto the chair. <laughs> and once again, like I said, Sean sells like a stroke victim when he hits that chair. He does. And JR says, quick count him, Earl. You know, when, yeah, when he's they just like, him. He just says, just give him a quick count and end this. 
So the backbreaker onto the chair was so vicious that the chair bends. Mm-hmm. And Triple H decides, I'm, but I'm not finished with this chair. Nope. He bends it back. He bends it back. We got a great line from JR. He says, Triple H is an executioner with a PhD in torture. And, and he really does have a PhD in torture. He is so smart in this match. Oh, There's incredible. one moment where Shawn Michaels is on the top rope. And Triple H is like groggy and realizes, oh, you know, I, I can't quite make it to him to push him off. So he pushes Earl Hebner, who then hits the ropes, and so Sean falls down. And then he bends forward. And that's when you get the chair And Triple H hits him in the lower back with the chair. Mm-hmm. And then he just flops off like a dead fish. Absolute genius match building. By oh, we get, a, we get another beautiful JR line. Triple H hates Shawn Michaels. Triple H hates our fans. He hates everyone but himself. What an evil egotist that is Triple H. I feel like, I, you know, and I, I don't want this to turn into, we're just telling you what the commentary of this match was, but my God, it's so good. It, is. it, oh, yeah. it has to be brought up. Like, these lines have to be brought up. This is hands down the best commentary we've heard so far. Oh, beyond. And and so, the, after the backbreaker, after that, it, you know, JR says something else. He says, after HBK kicks out, he says, the will to win, or is it the will to survive? Because that's what it looks like you're watching at some point. It looks like you're not... You, the thought of Shawn Michaels winning this match is long gone. Oh, It is yeah. long out the window. This, As you are watching, hoping that he can walk when this match is over. Well, that's when we get the fast count call. Mm-hmm. And then when he kicks out of that pinfall, JR once again, Shawn Michaels refuses to die. This may be his last match, but he refuses to quit. And the HBK chants were oh, so they're deafening. loud. So we get to hear the commentary, and we know how much that's elevating the match. But you can tell, even if you didn't have commentary, for every person sitting in there, they knew that they were watching a very, very special moment. Oh, yeah. You can, you can watch this match with the commentary muted and just listen to the crowd, and you can get... And still love it. You can still feel Please everything. don't, though, because the commentary is so yeah, good. Yeah, it's so good. Please don't pass it up. <laughs> but you could. That's how good this match is. And, and, I almost, and I almost feel like Triple H heard JR say, just give him a fast count and end this. I, and I, I was right there with him. Because Triple H, he gets frustrated. You can just see the frustration on his face. He's like... Well, God damn it, he won't quit. I have never been more happy that Triple H's finishing move was the pedigree because it's not a back spot. No. Good point. Well, he goes for the pedigree point. onto the chair, and Shawn Michaels hits him with a low blow. So this is a match that just about, you know, Shawn Michaels has the quick flurry in the beginning, but for the most part of this match, it's been a slow torture of Shawn Michaels' oh, back yeah. until I... this moment when Shawn takes his first real control. He hits him with a low blow and then the sweet chin music into the chair, into the, into chair. the face where, where JR says the chair went back into the face of the game. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> and I'm going to say this right now. Triple H is one of the best bleeders in the business. Oh, he looks because so when gross. he gets up, there's so much blood in his face. And to be honest, the fact that he has long blonde hair makes it even better because mm. oh, the yeah. blood gets in his hair. The flare effect. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. So I actually loved this. There's this beautiful spot. Uh, so have you ever, how many matches can you think of where you saw color on both sides? In WWE, not that many. Very few and far between. Very few. And so, and I'm thinking maybe this might be why. Because there's a comedic spot in this match that I don't think was intended to be comedic, but I was like rolling. <laughs> they do what I'd like to call the zombie spot. <laughs> and both men have color and so they're they know they have color so they have to look a little groggy and so they're standing up and they're a little bit they're a little bit drunk and both of them are just like sliding side by side and i'm just like okay like who, who's eating earl um like <laughs> i swear they look like zombies it's so funny i'm actually really happy you did that because it kind of lowered the mood a little bit <laughs> But uh, I have written here, this is where I say act number three starts. Act number two started with the backbreaker. I think act number three starts with the sweet chin music. And Hunter, he, when he gets up and he's just like, just like trying to clear the cobwebs. He's bleeding and he's just trying to catch his breath. Every time Triple H looks like that, the only thing that pops in my head 
is Jr. talking about his equilibrium. That is the <laughs> well, only thing that pops in my head well, as, every as we re- time. As you recall, during <laughs> the street fight between Cactus Jack, there's the Triple H is bleeding like a horse. And when he's doing that, he looks like a horse chewing on the rank. <laughs> maybe that's why he said that, because I, I still maybe. don't know why <laughs> he said bleeding like a horse. <laughs> well, he kind of he looks and sounds that. like a horse oh, when he does man. this. And then Shawn Michaels goes for it, flying forearm. And then he kips up. And the crowd loses it the again. The roof comes off of that place. The kip up at that point was the largest pop in the match. And then Sean just starts shaking. He is like shaking. He's got the knees are going. I'm doing, I'm mimicking it right now. So my voice sounds funny. He starts shaking. And then he gets a backdrop onto the chair. Not before we get a Jason Giambi reference, by the by the way, after, after Sean. A Jason Giambi like swing yeah. with that chair to Triple H. I just it was worth noting. And you can hear a fan go, How's it feel, Hunter? When he does that. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> they were so into it. Oh yeah. It was totally the best. And then Sean just gets his second win. Yeah, he does. Oh. And then it leads to a great moment. On the outside. They go to the outside. Speaking of comedic moments. Speaking of comedic moments. <laughs> they, they get to the Spanish announce table. And Shawn Michaels takes off Hugo Savinage's boot. It was right there. It was right. I it mean, just, what else are you going to hit him with? He just pulls his shoe off and whacks so him hits, in the head. With he the... hits Triple H with it. And King goes, that's a heel for a heel, isn't it? <laughs> but I love, he doesn't give Hugo his shoe back. He just throws it on the floor. <laughs> but give the man his shoe back. Uh, uh, then he, he takes his belt. And he whips Triple H with it. Mm-hmm. And then we said, oh, God, what did JR say? Oh, return to Cinder by HBK. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he hits him so hard with the belt. So now it's, so now it's Triple H's turn to really start to, hu- to hurt Triple H, right? So Sean, um, Sean gets a bulldog onto the steps, a well, running on. bulldog onto the steps. He runs completely yeah. around the ring. I love that moment so much. And then... We, so we, at this point, we've seen a trash can lid. We've seen the sledgehammer. We've seen chairs. We've seen steps now being used. Shawn Michaels pulls up the, the ring apron and with the best smirk on his face. I have it written down here. Pulls out the ladder. I have it written down. Then comes the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he pulls out the ladder. It, he, he at first doesn't use it because Triple H does a baseball slide and, and knocks <laughs> Shawn down. Um, well, you have to think about the significance of Shawn Michaels grabbing a ladder. Yep. Well, they even said the innovator of the ladder match. Exactly. These are people who are remembering. we got to remember, we know Shawn Michaels largely based on his 2002 to 2007, 2008 run. Right. But the people who are watching this match have never seen any of those matches. They no. haven't happened yet. They what remember. They remember WrestleMania is 10. WrestleMania 10. They remember Survivor Series 92. They remember Shawn Michaels in ladder matches. Exactly. So this is a big, big deal. And they love it, right? But they have to wait, which is what I love about it. Like they don't, they don't get the initial payoff from the ladder. Because, Teaser. Yes, yes, because Shawn doesn't get to use it. But what Shawn does get to do is a superplex of Triple H oh. off the top rope. But here's what I love about it is that earlier in the match, Triple H went for a superplex on Sean, and the commentators played up how devastating it would be. But then when Sean hits one, he is brilliant, because when he lands, he turns his back to where he doesn't land on his back when he does it. He lands on his side. I've never ref- seen anyone do that before. Ever. Well, he, he takes it the way that Ric Flair takes a back body drop. Right. He kind of lands, he on, he lands he on his ass. He doesn't land on his back. And, who, and I just... When have you ever seen a superplex tell a story? I mean, that, Not it like did. that. It was incredible. Superplex is usually the, all right, we're both going to lay down for 10 seconds before we get back into this. That doesn't happen because they're up pretty quick. And then I, we have this beautiful float over sequence by Sean that turns into like a, a backslide. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Every time I watch it, I'm like, how does he do that? I mean, I know how Eddie, I know how like Ray Mysterio and Eddie do it. But how does Shawn Michaels do that? How does he do that after not being in a ring for four years? Right. Right. Because that's something that you forget watching this match is, you know, this guy hasn't done this in four years. How is he doing this? Like, he's the best. And there are a couple of, like, we talked about the cringy ouch moments on uh, Shawn Michaels' side. There's one moment that I audibly went, oh, shit. Whenever Shawn Michaels flings Triple H outside of the ring, it's like a clothesline outside of the ring, 
And Triple H's knee lands on the ladder. His shin. Oh. His shin smashes the ladder. I forgot and, about that. And yeah. you know that's not a that's not a spot. No, that's no. Just the ladder was just still there by the ring. It's 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 almost the equivalent of stubbing your toe. Right. That's a we forgot the ladder was right there and that really hurt my leg. It hurt to watch. Good point. Because you I notice he is noticeably kind of he's like he's not selling his leg, but he is legitimately like nah trying not to put weight on his right leg. Well, thank that. God it wasn't a, a like a plywood or something, or he would have had like a, a piece of his leg cut off. You know. Ugh. Speaking of wood, we get a table right soon thereafter. Uh, we get a table from Sean. He he puts it on the on the entrance side of the ring, and. Paul. I, I love this because like, oh, what's he going to do? And then Sean grabs a fire extinguisher. He smacks Triple H onto the table with the fire extinguisher. <laughs> I love this so much. I thought he was going to spray. No, no. Wax him. And the... the, the <laughs> <laughs> it just flies out. <laughs> he punches him with the fire extinguisher onto the table. I, just, I love that because it just seems so real. <laughs> Sean, at this point, you know, he gets onto the top turnbuckle. You see he's about to dive onto onto Triple H, and you're thinking, this guy is out of his mind. And then he, he shows us that he's out of his mind. He does sort of like that crazy, uh, you know, gesture with his hands, and he does. He turns in midair and splashes onto, onto Triple H through the table. It's beautiful. It is. And that's King says something about, you know, I wish it was a false kind of anywhere match because this match would be over right now because oh, they're out man. of the ring. We uh, go back in the ring, and then Sean climbs the ladder. Climbs the ladder. And he points to the crowd, and he says, I love each and every one of you, and does an elbow drop from the top of the ladder. And I jumped out of my seat. And the crowd is going berserk. Shawn Michaels gets up. He goes into the corner. He's ready to tune up the band. And that crowd, can, I don't think they could have been louder. This I mean, they were losing it. Fever pitch. It's beautiful. JR is at a 10 on commentary, you know, number one with the bullet, you know, how good of a song, Sweet Chin Music, ah. right? And he and, and Sean goes for Sweet Chin Music. It's, Triple H catches his leg. And it's blocked. And you're like, oh, no. He spins him around for the pedigree. And then Sean does a double leg takedown. Jackknife cover. One, two, three. And it's exactly what it needs to be. I agree. I feel like if he had ended on a sweet chin music, it wouldn't have had that effect on me. Well, if he would have ended it with a sweet chin music, we wouldn't have gotten what happens after the pinfall. Oh, I agree. Okay, so let me ask you this question, right, as we go into this. If what happens after the bell doesn't happen, is this match on our list? Oh, absolutely, it's on there. But I don't think it would be as high as we're going to put it. If we don't get this aftermath. I think if what happens after the bell doesn't happen, this match is absolutely still on the list. I think if what happens after the bell doesn't happen, we may not get another Triple H Shawn Michaels match. Agreed. So, within seconds of winning the match, Triple H hits Shawn in the back with a sledgehammer. And then he hits him in the back of the head with it. And it's probably one of, if not the most difficult things for me to have seen uh, as, you know, a young teen mm-hmm. just just trying to enjoy myself <laughs> watching, watching, watching some my pro hero wrestling. I'm back to the ring. It, it was absolutely heartbreaking. And you I don't... see what you did there. You don't see... Oh, heartbreak. Uh, <laughs> but you don't see people... You don't, you don't see Triple H hit people in the head with sledgehammers no. very often. And then not triple, that way. That was like execution that. style. And then he does a crotch chop. JR in the background. I refuse to believe that after the most courageous victory any of us have ever seen, that son of a bitch used the hammer. JR is an absolute dread oh. for this whole segment. I was too. Because oh. I forgot this happened. It was it was surprising. It was brutal. And you thought you hated Triple H during the match? Oh, man. That, that guy needed security to get out of that building. That was the beginning of the evolution-style Triple H. Oh, yeah. That was the Triple H who went on to hold the World Heavyweight Championship for two years. Oh, right? yeah. And, and I, you know, I don't know if we can get this in, 
to to the podcast as we're going fairly long. Um, but the, there's a few lines right at the end that oh. Jr. says when Sean is on a stretcher and Triple H is walking up the ramp and he is smiling. He says, Jr. says a couple of things. He says he's gonna rot in hell for what he's done tonight. And then he says, "Does he have no conscience? Does he have no heart?" Do you have no soul? You son of a bitch. Do you realize what you've just done? I'm so glad you said that because that's, that's kind of what I was screaming in, like in, in my head. I wasn't shouting at my television screen, but that's what was going through my head. Like how, how can you do that? How? And I remember this is triple H. There's a reason why we hated him so much. It's absolutely brutal. So with that in mind, how the hell we rank this? Oh, well, let's do favorite moments first. Oh, I feel like we need to do favorite moments first to so give okay. us a second to think about the ranking, yeah. right? So favorite moments. I'll be totally honest with you. In the moment, it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me ever in my lifetime. But looking back, those slant, those sledgehammers at the end oh. and JR on commentary, I mean, that I just so vividly. And it's one of my favorite moments because of the raw real emotion that you you can't fake oh i agree he's just his voice is cracking because he's so angry and he's screaming and just for me though my favorite moment and i i the reason why i like i was like knocking the table i have to say this part just this the fire extinguisher onto the chair and then the crossbody off the top of the table that's my favorite moment because People didn't do that in WWE. Right. I mean, Jeff Hardy would do that, but that's Jeff Hardy. That's his that's his main event guys did not take risks like that. No. Especially main event guys that just came back from four years off with a broken back. Mm-hmm. And that is just amazing. My favorite moment of the match. Eye for an eye, a heel for a heel. <laughs> All right, Chris Harris. Seriously, though. <laughs> seriously, though. Uh, the commentary throughout the whole yeah. match. I, I can't pick one moment of this match. No, you know, like, I, I won't. I refuse to pick one moment from this match. But if I had to pick one element of the match that made it my favorite, it's the commentary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and we discussed it at length. And the fact is, is that there were several things that we didn't bring up. You know, if you go watch this match, you just have to watch it. You have to listen to the commentary. Because it is incredible. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. Um, so, Landon, I'm going to remember this week. Thank you for reminding me. We're going to <laughs> rank this match. Um, if we this, must. If we must. This will always be one of my favorite matches of all time. Actually, um, I just want to say real quick. Dustin? Give yes. my opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Dustin, our producer, we uh, want to hear it. Has an opinion. Um, all right. So it's actually about the rank, not just about the match itself, but about yeah. the rank itself. Okay. Yeah. I don't normally talk on this podcast very much, but I feel like this has a contender to be like number one. Listening to you guys talk about this match, I've never like wanted to watch a match as much. Like even what was it, Brett Michaels and I'm uh, not Brett Michaels, <laughs> Bret Hart and. Uh, <laughs> No, Steve yeah. Austin, uh, yeah. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels will happen at some point in this show. Yeah. Was that was that um, a shot at love? Which one was Bret Michaels? The, Bret Michaels? Yeah. Bret Michaels? <laughs> oh, no. It's, uh, it was... Uh, was he poison? Rock of Love. That's Rock what that of show Love. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, so bad. <laughs> All right, coming in for the comedy at the end. I but. love it. But I, I'm so glad you said that because I think it showed... You know, last week, it was very, very clear that Landon was very passionate about Lita, and he should have been. And, and it was something that I was very passionate about as well. Um, but you're really seeing the passion that we had for Shawn Michaels. Um, and that's why we wanted to do sort of a Shawn Michaels appreciation to kind of get our first Shawn Michaels match in here. Um, but it goes back to what we said at the beginning, where this is his first match back in over 1,600 days. But he's about to give us another full-length Hall of Fame career. He gives us another eight years. And for me, it has to be number one. I'm so happy you said that because I agree with you 100%. I was prepared to get into an argument about why this is better than Austin and Hart. I love you, sir. So (laughs) Spencer's face right now is priceless. I know I said Austin and Hart would be really difficult to top. And it is really difficult to top. But 
I don't remember the last time that I have gone back and rewatched a match and legitimately cried and legitimately screamed and legitimately jumped up and down, even though I knew everything that was going to happen. Um, the story is one that uh, transcends time. You know, we've talked about how Trish and Lita is synonymous with great rivalries, but I think the most iconic rivalry of all time may be Triple H, Shawn Michaels. I think so too. Even if it did go on longer than it needed to, the first three months of that rivalry, we got classic after classic after classic. And this is the first of what, like four classic matches they had together? It's it's certainly my my personal favorite rivalry of all time. When we rank, we take into account the build, the rivalry, the crowd, the storytelling, the commentary, obviously the wrestling ability of the guys in there. And if we're taking all of that into account and we look at all the matches that we have up so far, this is number one. Yeah, this ticks every single box you just listed. That's funny because like, listening to you guys talk, this has been my, my definitely my favorite to listen to as well. Yeah. Okay. So I should have had goosebumps. So. I mean, the whole time I had I had chills talking about it the whole time. Landon, number one. Paul, number one. Number one. Um, I I do fear that we are a little bit uh, creatures of the moment, and so while we're discussing these matches, I think that we might inflate their ranking um, just because we are just talking about them. But make no mistake about it. <laughs> this is number one. This is number one. Oh, man, I was sweating bullets. <laughs> this Gross. is number one as of where we stand right now, um, strictly because based off of our criteria, it doesn't miss a beat. It doesn't oh, miss no. any one of those things from start to finish. It's as close to perfect in, in my mind as we get um, until WrestleMania 25. <laughs> and uh, and I just super excited that we were able to cover this match. I'm just I could go watch it again right now. I could do. I could totally go watch it. Yeah, let's go. Like we'll go watch it, and you know we'll re- we'll stay recording so that this turns into a seven hour show. <laughs> so that sounds good to me. Well, like I think we only need a uh, thirty more minutes to make it a seven hour show, huh? <laughs> no, really. Thank you guys so much for for sticking uh, with us. If you're listening to this, we really appreciate it. Thank you for voting on this match. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate every single person. If if there's anything we missed about this match, please let us know um, at LastMatchCast on Twitter and also LastMatchStanding at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any match recommendations. We'd love to cover the matches you uh, consider the greatest of all time as well. And yeah. also, Dustin. don't forget to rank in your own way at mm-hmm. ranker.com slash LastMatchStanding. Uh, after every week, we put up the newest episode, and you guys can rank it and you can all decide what your number one is. Perfect. I'm really curious if that ranker list is going to look a whole lot different than what our list looks like at the end of things. It's going to be interesting. I yeah, imagine it might. It might. Um, that's that's going to be really fun for me. But Dustin, thank you for making us sound way better than we ever would. So I appreciate that. Um, like Landon said, follow us on all the social media. We are there, and we are happy to interact with you because that's what we're here for because this is, in fact, for you. Um, I can't wait to see what we rank next week. It's going to be hard to top the emotion that we just went through, but I am here for it, and I'm very excited about it uh, because, as always, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. I'm Landon. And I'm Dustin. And this is Last Match Standing. Standing.